Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think My name is Michael E. Cohen II, and with me uh, via technology is uh, my good social distancing friend, Matthew Haas. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, uh, yeah, Matthew, Dr. Reinhardt uh, Haas. Yes, Dr. Reinhardt. Mm -hmm. You have a glorious beard. (laughs) And um, crazy yep. hair, and a, and a red robot. Yes, I do. Yes, named Maximilian. <laughs> Anyways, today on the show, we are covering the uh, 1979 Disney classic, The Black Hole. It is the first PG-rated Disney film ever. Oh. Just a little, you know, trivia there. 
um, starred uh, Maximilian Schell as Dr. <laughs> Reinhardt. Anthony Perkins, who we know from Psycho, as Dr. Alex Durant. Robert Forster, who <laughs> recently passed away, rest in peace, um, as Captain Dan Holland. Joseph Bottoms as Lieutenant Charles Pizer. Yvette Mimieu as Dr. Kate McCray. And um, Ernest Borgnine as Harry Booth. It also featured the voices of a couple people for robots. We had a robot named Vincent, who was played by Roddy McDowell, <clears throat> who you may know from the Planet of the Apes films. And um, the voice of Bob... was Slim Pickens. Yep. <laughs> who you may know from... Good name. Yeah. Who you may know is the guy who wrote a bomb in um, Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> Among, you know, being a uh, famous cowboy actor and stuff like that. But, uh... <laughs> So this movie, much like the uh, last venture we made into uh, crazy, silly sci-fi films, um, had a robot that spoke with a uh, southern accent. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Good times. So uh, <laughs> what happened in this movie, Matt? Do you know? <laughs> uh... Well, actually, this this is kind of like the opposite of Star Crash, where there wasn't a whole lot of action, but the plot was much clearer. Whereas a Star Crash, there was a whole bunch of action, and the plot was kind of we're not very sure <laughs> what was happening. So um, they're basically just like on a mission to find you know habitable planets for for humans. And they, um, I think they come across some other ship or something like that, and uh, they they kind of um, they have like some turbulence, and <laughs> Vincent the robot almost gets, um, you know, sucked away, but they he ends up, you know, doing one of his like extendable arm things and stays on top of the ship, and then they end up <clears throat> finding uh, this other ship, and it's like really huge and you know they almost get shot by like the defenses that are programmed for it whatever and then finally you know we find out that the guy who is running the ship is um, someone that they all used to know he was like a ship captain or something he was always kind of like Dr. Reinhardt he was always kind of going rogue like he was always going against orders to kind of go above and beyond because he had like all of these ambitions. And he was the Rogue One. He was the he... Rogue One, if you will. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, he was the original Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, it turns out, you know, that he didn't die. He's still very much alive, and he's got a cool beard to, you know, to talk about. And um, he's got all these robots that are working for him around the clock. Just like doing random shit, like checking something. I don't know. They're just walking around, moving their hands around, shit, and um, looking all sci-fi. Yeah, like they got like these weird like cameras, you know, in their faces, so that he can look pretty much so he can have like all eyes on the ship at, at you know all times, basically. Like, yeah. So nothing ever gets past him, and he you know reveals that he you know obviously that he he survived their crash or whatever and he he's got a ship positioned at like the exact right place where he you know can't get sucked into a black hole or can't get 
hit, so he's just like doing all of his work there, preparing to actually take his ship into a black hole, or as he would say, in through and whatever the third part was. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his ship, by the way, is called the Cygnus. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I was I was gonna say, are you down with the Cygnus? And um. I don't know why. Just a bad joke. Okay, anyways, um, so... Yeah, the, the the ship was called the Cygnus. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah, the, the ship that the people were on, Anthony Perkins and all them, was uh, the Palomino. <laughs> yeah. What is a Palomino? <clears throat> Isn't that like an olive or something? The Palomino, yeah, or you can do some really weird, like, Just Friends slash um, Black Hole, like, crossover memes, because that was the name of, of um, uh, I forget her, what's her name, Amy, uh, Amy Smart. shoot, I can't think of her name. Amy Smart. Yeah, Amy Smart's character, yeah, yeah, because she is smart, um, you know, so you can, like, do some really weird, like, crossover memes, like the Palomino is I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm really stretching this, but uh. uh. <laughs> um. So so just to backtrack a little bit here, just so people know, the name Vincent stands for Vital Information Necessary Centralized. <laughs> they were stretching with that one. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> Yeah. So uh basically what happens is uh the Palomino crew <clears throat> after they board the ship and then they uh talk to Reinhardt who reveals that he had spent, you know, twenty years the past twenty years studying the black hole. And uh his eventual plan is to fly the Cygnus through it. Um Durant, who uh, is uh, Anthony Perkins' character, is the only one who believes him about this. And that it's possible. And uh, mm -hmm. he asks to um, go on the trip with Reinhardt. Uh, the rest of the crew is pretty suspicious of uh, all these... Uh, there's like these faceless drones walking around who are kind of who have a uh, human-like behavior but are told by uh, Reinhardt to, uh, the crew tells he tells the crew that they are uh, robots mm -hmm. um, yeah uh, at one point um, Ernest Borgnine's character of uh, um, Booth he uh, he sees a limping robot and uh, Holland at one time, that's uh, Robert Forster's character, um, witnesses a robot funeral, <laughs> which is weird because robots don't have funerals, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he basically gets suspicious about that. Um. The uh, he also looks around. Um, so Robert Forrest's character also looks around. Uh, the the old living quarters of the uh, crew that used to be on the Cygnus, and uh, all their like personal items and stuff are still in there, which is kind of weird. Mm. Um. Basically, um, then we find out that, uh, that we, we meet a we meet an, an old robot that looks kind of like Vincent, but he's old and beat up and shit. <laughs> and his name is Old Bob. That's the uh, Slim, <laughs> Slim Pickens character. <laughs> yeah. And Bob stands for Biostation Battalion. 
<laughs> yep. Some creativity this, here. This was the era, I guess, of like thinking it was funny to have like robots with southern accents for some reason. Like, yeah, they just thought like, you know, it'd be funny if we had like this really advanced, you know whatever robot but then we give the voice of like some southern person <laughs> get it it's like yeah it's not really funny though but yeah well i mean i guess uh you know like c-3po was originally supposed to sound like a like a car salesman oh wow but uh george lucas liked um anthony daniel's voice so he ended up using the you know posh british accent that he had so yeah, I can't imagine him sounding like anything else. <laughs> no, he's supposed to sound like some kind of like you know, almost like a, like a car salesman from the Bronx or something. Um, oh wow! Yeah, which wouldn't have been any better than Slim Pickens, and um, it would have been <laughs> even slimmer Pickens. But um, but so, uh, we have, uh, what happens next? Um, do you remember it all, Matt? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Like, the dude, like, the one, like the one guy finds the guy limping. He's like, he's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. The guy's limping. And he found, uh, like, a garden, like, a really big garden that, like, he's growing all kinds of food, you know. And then he said it was only... He, he was only meant for one person, but it was like a huge, I mean, area. It's obviously meant to grow. And like the the one guy he's got converted, like he's always trying to find like excuses for him. Like, oh, that's good for oxygen and that's good for, you know, whatever type of thing. Like, cause he's on his side and he's kind of trying to like convince the others by like doing this sort of like middle ground thing. Like, like trying to appeal to them like like I know he's unorthodox and I know he's a little eccentric but he's got a good idea or whatever you know type of thing and like it just uh, yeah the behavior just gets more and more suspicious because um I forgot I forgot how they found out found this out exactly but um oh it's because the the guy just took off the uh, was it no was it was it the guy or was it um I don't remember now who did it but uh, basically someone took off the basically the reason that they mm-hmm. found out that things were going on bad was because of Bob. Oh okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob them yeah old Bob told Vincent about it and then um then they all then Bob and Vincent told uh told a couple of the crew members about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'm starting to remember. And also, too, the I forgot her name, but she's got this weird psychic connection with Vincent. Oh, yeah. And the, she could, like, read his thoughts or something. Like, what's that? Yeah, um, Yvette's character, um, what's her name? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember <laughs> either. I was going to look it up, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, well, um, <laughs> it, doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, uh, Dr. Kate, Kate McCree. McCray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, 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 Bob and Vincent tell them what's going on. Um, do you want to take a quick break, Matt, and then come back and finish the the um I don't know what you want to call it, the uh, greatness of this story? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's we'll, good. That's good for me. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Cullen the second from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? Well, I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do. You're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, 
then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. Yeah, so I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. A respectable minister takes charge and leads head on. Minister Double Trike may be the foremost politician of textiles. As a minister, I have the utmost sensitivity to these situations, and if anyone's sensibilities were harmed, I would have sensed it. But his petty ambitions will almost certainly lead us to unknown danger. How dare you, sir? Unknown danger has its potential for profit. It's exotic. You can hear Minister Trike and his antics in the radio comedy Magus Elgar. Visit Magus Elgar. Elgar.com to download your copy today. We are back. Back. Back to the bone something. We're back in black hole. Wait, what? Yeah, there you go. Anyways. So, uh, where were we in this, uh, Wonderful Disney story. Well, we were with Vincent and old Bob telling the dark secrets of the fortress and everything that went down uh, decades ago because Dr. Cage's father, yeah, down in the Cygnus, yeah, (laughs) down with the Cygnus, into Cygnus, yes. (laughs) Then Cygnus is going to go through a black hole. But, um, and then uh, I don't know. And then they come out as I don't know, crisscross. Now, now I'm just dropping old names, but like okay. And then um, <clears throat> they are we talking crisscross? Hmm. Like uh, crisscross will make you jump, or um, or Christopher Cross? Like you know, Moon in New York City sort of guy. No, I, I met the the rap group with the two brothers, yeah. the twins. I think they were. No, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they weren't <laughs> twins, but yeah, they were. Uh, they, they were friends. There was a. Uh, they were twins. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there was Mac Daddy and Daddy Mac, and um, yes, and Crisscross oh, making okay. jump, jump. Yeah, one of them passed away sadly. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that's sad. <clears throat> but yeah, we got uh, um, we got a lot going on in this movie. <laughs> there's. There's a lot of it's really not much go it's like it's it's just weird stuff. So uh yeah, it's revealed that Dr. Kate's father, she was on on the ship and then he Dr. Reinhold told her that he died. And then they find out though that they've actually or Dr. Reinhardt turned them all into like these weird robotic humanoids, I guess, who yeah, and they don't really have like any person. Which I'm not sure why. Why are they doing robot funerals? Then, if they don't have any kind of personality, it seems did he program them to do funerals for each other? That's kind of weird. But I don't know. And, I don't know. <laughs> kind of weird. Um. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they, they they the funeral thing is weird, but um maybe it's some kind of residual thing inside of them or something where they feel they need to bury their dead i don't know okay like a sort of like a habit like a creature of habit type thing maybe yeah yeah possibly <clears throat> um it, it, yeah it makes sense yeah so uh yeah um yeah because we find that out because uh um anthony perkins character uh takes the mask off of one of the drones and sees that it's a human that looks kind of like a zombie. Uh-huh. So, yeah. It's kind of uh-huh. creepy. After uh, after uh, Vincent had telepathically told um, Kate all of this stuff. And then she, yeah. told, and then she told him. And then we have murder in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> in the Disney movie. <laughs> yes. Maximilian, the uh, big scary red robot, murders Anthony <laughs> Perkins' character <laughs> with his... Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. 
<laughs> with, with, with with his Swiss Army knife attachments. Um, <laughs> he's got like the blades of a blender or something coming out of him, and he uh, uses that to uh, to kill him. He goes right through a book into his chest. And then, and then yeah. Anthony Perkins falls to the ground. We never see any blood or anything, which you know it's a PG movie, so yeah, yeah. no blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I love that little little slice him and dicer type of thing he's got in his his belly area. He slices through a whole book, and then I love the acting though. It's like just like a Star Crash the acting. Like right out there, he does that. Doctor Reinhold goes like we gotta remember his whole throughout this whole movie. This guy has like basically like converted over to his cause and is like basically like being primed to be like his number one apprentice or whatever. And then his robot kills him and he waits like 10 seconds after he's dead and he goes, Maximilius, you shouldn't have done that. He was a great man. Like, yeah, such such emotion yes. and <laughs> in your voice. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, Maximilian Shell is actually a good actor who's playing Doctor Reinhardt, and um, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. God. I mean, my, mind you, actually, I think this whole cast are good actors because they've they've all most of them have been in other things that have, you know, shown their talents. <laughs> So it's just like, right? Yeah, it's just weird. Um, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the dude, the dude who played the. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, the, the guy who played the writer, he, he looked really familiar. I'm not sure what his name is, but uh, uh, like the reporter for like the newspaper or something like that. He was like a writer. Um, newspaper reporter. I was I was confused. Well, uh. Was he one yeah, of the, the crew guy, members? The guy who basically... Well, yeah, he was the one that tried to sneak off by himself, and then he got killed. Oh, yeah, that that was... Uh, like, he had long hair. The, 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 the chubby guy? Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, it's Ernest, Bar- Ernest Borgnine. He was, uh, he was okay. the star of the TV show McHale's Navy. Um, he played McHale. He, uh... He had okay. been in. He he at that time was one of the like biggest stars in the world. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he was a gem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's like he wasn't like you know Tom Cruise or anything, but he was you know pretty big you know. So um, mm-hmm. he uh, <laughs> he was like one of the bigger like you know comedy stars and stuff like that mainly, but uh, he did do mm-hmm. a lot of drama and and um some action films and stuff like that too. Um. Yeah, look up Ernest Borgnine. Great actor. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, he died. <laughs> At one point, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. At one point. <laughs> you know, he dies later, right? Yeah. I'm thinking this... Maybe I'm thinking of a different character. Who are you talking about? The reporter... Yeah, yeah. He he tried to he tried to sneak off on his own because he he pretended that he broke his leg and then he tried to take like a jump ship off by himself, but then that exploded or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Ernest Borgnine's character. Okay, just making sure. Okay, okay. making sure we were talking about the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, basically, we got uh that happened or whatever they they at one point um ryan uh reinhardt tried to uh turn uh kate into one of those drones <laughs> and uh she was saved by robert forrester's character um holland uh yeah it was like some kind of assem- assembly line that creates these uh drone people she was wrapped in um some kind of foil thing like a baked potato and um <laughs> she uh yeah you know, she ended up uh getting saved by uh by 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 Holland and then uh Holland and uh Pizer and and her try to go escape 
And then um then there's the point where uh where Booth, um that's uh Harry Booth, um he ends up uh going onto the ship by himself at some point and then it blows up. Mm-hmm. He, he basically, basically what he does is, I think what he was trying to do is, they think he was trying to escape and everything, but I think his whole plan was to try to sacrifice himself and take out the, uh, take out the, uh, Cygnus. Oh, okay. That's my feeling on it. I think they were misunderstanding what he was doing. That's what I thought he was doing. But. Okay. Because I don't think he was, I don't think he was trying to, you know, jump ship or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know what the intention of the writers were. Yeah. But, uh... They, uh... Holland and Pizer and McRae and Vincent, they, uh... They end up reaching a probe ship and they launch only to discover controls are locked onto a flight path that takes them into the black hole at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this was after, at one point, um, Bob was killed by Maximilian as well. And uh, Reinhardt, because Reinhardt had ordered Maximilian to go to the, go to the probe ship thing. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there. But then there was like a large view screen or, or something, like some kind of thing falls onto Reinhardt, pinning him down. Um, and then uh, his uh, his lobotomized crew, they stand there motionless, and as he struggles helplessly and I'm completely oblivious to everything that he's doing, and they don't try to help him or anything. Um. Because they, they only can do what they were programmed to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's when uh, Maximilian basically kills Bob. Um, and then uh, Maximilian is then uh, damaged by Vincent. <laughs> And uh, he drifts drifts out of the broken ship and into the black hole. And then that's when uh, the three remaining people, they end up going into the black hole. You know, the the name of the movie is the black hole, which we don't go into until like the last mm-hmm. part of the movie. Just kind of yeah. interesting. So they... That that'd be like you yeah. know that'd be like watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and you don't get to the Chocolate Factory until like the last fifteen minutes of the movie, <laughs> right? <clears throat> um. <laughs> so uh, the uh, but basically, then we have this like surreal heaven and hell sort of scene. <laughs> it's kind of reminiscent of 2001 a space odyssey it just kind of reminded me yeah of i was thinking that. that yeah um which came out before this so um <laughs> so they might have stolen that idea from that movie probably um mm-hmm. so basically at the end um the the probe ship is carrying um Holland, Pizer, McCrae, and uh good old Vincent. And uh <laughs> they, they emerge from a white hole and are last seen flying <laughs> through space towards a planet near a bright star. I don't know if they were trying to set it up for a sequel or what, but uh yeah. But that's how the movie ends. I didn't, it got really trippy at the end. Yeah. It, it got, like, really trippy. Like, I didn't understand the ending that much. Like, so, like, it looked like 
Reinhardt had aged like 50 years in like a span of 10 minutes. Like it's like his hair got longer and his beard got longer and he's just floating in space. And then Maximilian shows up and then like he becomes Maximilian, I guess, or something. Yeah. And he's just like watching, like basically he looked like he's like the ruler of some like hellish realm. Like he's standing on top of some, like Cliff or whatever, and there's a bunch of flames, and then all of the robot humanoids that he programmed are just like walking in some like procession. Is that what they're trying to say? That he's like the ruler of uh, some like hellish realm inside the black hole now or something? Or I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it's like them trying to say he became like Lucifer or something or what. I don't know what the hell the deal was, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I know I I gather that he was like the ruler of whatever realm yeah. he's. In, but was that was was that what that was supposed to be like? Because they went to a black hole, and the black hole could take you anywhere. So was that like they just like landed on some like fire planet or something like that? I I'm assuming I don't know. It's kind of like this because it's like I said, it's like a weird trippy, like I don't know, like the like the crew was on LSD when they wrote it, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> LSD Disney. Oh yeah. god, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Uh, L.S. Disney. Yeah, it's it's funny because uh, oh no, it's Elias. Never mind. I was gonna say uh, Disney's middle name was Elias. I was gonna say Ellis, but no. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, um, because I think there was this whole like almost like good versus evil sort of thing at the end or something like where the crew went to heaven and he went to hell sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but why he became the leader of hell, I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> I understand why his, why, why his hair got long and stuff like that is because I guess he didn't age and he had been there for like 20 years. Oh, and I think that basically aged him or something. I don't know. That's my guess. Okay. I could be completely off on that, though, so I don't know. Depends on what kind of LSD they were using when they uh, wrote it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do you want to take a break here, Matt, and come back with some, uh, some like, trivia and some uh, reviews and stuff of the movie? Sure. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. Hey folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It was a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we... We analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh -huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh. We're going to cover a lot more, so uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts, and be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye-bye. And we are back to the black hole. Ba-ba-ba-back. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the uh, let's uh look at some uh some trivia here. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, trivia. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first off, people think this movie was a cash grab 
from Star Wars, which it kind of was, but kind of wasn't. This movie was actually in development for a while before Star Wars even came out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to also point out one thing, too, to make you think about things, um, which I just find really weird, is this movie came out the same year as Alien. Yet Alien seems so much more advanced in, in uh, like, its storytelling and stuff. I don't know. Just yeah, like, it's weird to think sometimes when movies come out the same year and you're like, they look like they're from different eras. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, at the time, uh, this guy named John Hughes, not the director John Hughes that we you know <laughs> know from The Breakfast Club and whatnot, um. <laughs> he created that green grid sequence that appears in the opening titles. At the time, it was mm-hmm. the longest computer graphics sequence ever to appear in a film. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, this is Disney's first PG-rated movie. Um, neither Roddy McDowell nor Slim Pickens are credited for their voice work in the film in either the opening or closing sequences. <laughs> um, Vincent was originally supposed to have more elaborate electronic eyes um, based on an uh, electronic uh, stock ticker type billboard um, which would have given him greater range of uh, facial expressions but uh, they didn't work properly so the effects the effect was abandoned um, uh, according to uh, press at the time the film score was the uh, first digitally recorded soundtrack hmm. and the score was done by john barry who also did the score for uh star crash um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this film and star trek uh the motion picture both that came out in 1979 same year as alien as well um, I believe Alien came out that year. I, I could be wrong, but whatever. Uh, were the last two Hollywood films to include an overture. Mm. Once, once a common feature of major studio releases. Uh, this, uh, the, the overture for this film is usually uh, cut from television broadcasts of the film. Um, but it is included on the... Uh, DVD release and the Blu-ray release and when they show it on Turner Classic Movies and on Disney Plus where we watched it. Um, the uh, they, uh, the, the special effects team originally wanted to use the uh, um, Dystroflex camera system which is the uh, first uh, computer controlled camera created for Star Wars A New Hope. Um, from um, ILM, and uh, but the price and rental terms were unacceptable, so Disney created their own version, which they named Aces, which stood for Automated Camera Effects System. I think the same people who named that also named the robots in the movie. I'm just guessing. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, this was uh, regarded as the last big special effects production to be made under the old studio system. Um, all the elaborate effects uh, were created with uh, the Disney studio and not farmed out to outside special effects companies like is common today. Um, yeah, they, they had to do all of the uh, dialogue again in ADR. Um with, the, with only the exception of a couple lines because on the set the audio wasn't recorded properly. Much like Star Crash. <laughs> Except for in this film, everybody did their own voice. Um, <laughs> uh, they, uh... The, Gary Nelson, the director was not satisfied with the way that the model shop made um, Bob, saying that the robot did not look battered enough, 
he went to the clay model they were using for reference and hit it several times with a baseball bat. They built the new <laughs> robot model based on that. <laughs> yeah, um, Alan, wow. Alan Dean Foster, who wrote the novelization of the film, was so appalled by the bad science in the script that he provided a list of changes to the producers which he felt would improve the story. <laughs> Upset by this, the Disney brass actually called a meeting to decide what to do. Um, yeah, the... Uh, they uh, they made uh, toys for this movie, but they're very rare and hard to find now, which is kind of interesting. I would love to get, love to get my hands on a, on a little Vincent or something. Um... <laughs> <laughs> or Maximilian. Um, yeah. Cygnus um, is uh, actually the name, also the name of the constellation where the first known black hole was discovered in 1964. Oh, okay. So that's why they named the ship that. <clears throat> um, Famous uh, sci-fi writer um, Harlan Ellison was briefly brought on as a scientific consultant on the film. He was fired on his first day before lunch was over <laughs> because he pitched an animated porno movie starring Disney characters. <laughs> Roy, Roy, Roy Edward Disney was sitting at the next table heard everything, and had Ellison fired on the spot. Ellison insists he was simply joking, but others who were there say he was talking about it sincerely. Wow. If you don't know anything about Harlan Ellison, look him up. He's an interesting guy. But um, <laughs> he's written some of the most, you know, like famous sci-fi novels and TV scripts and movie scripts and like history. So, <laughs> um, the uh, the Sentry robot costumes were later used in um, Stephen uh, Liesberger's uh, test reel for the movie Tron, which came out three years later. Um. The uh, film contains over 550 visual effects shots, including 150 matte paintings. They're not paintings of you, Matt. Oh, okay. Just, just letting you so, know. In case you were watching that's the fine. movie and thought there might have been paintings of you in it. Yeah, I didn't see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another last, last one... Um, The um, Yvette uh, Mimieux was given a short and curly hairstyle to make the scenes where she appeared weightless seem more convincing since longer hair would have flowed about in zero gravity. So <clears throat> they yeah, she, she was actually in previous movies. She was also she was in the movie um, most famously uh, Time Machine. The uh, oh, yeah, which is actually one of my favorite sci fi movies of all time. The original Time Machine, not the uh, not the uh, early two thousands remake. Um, yeah, which is an okay movie too. But yeah, she was in that, and um, yeah, I remember having a crush on her as a kid, which is weird. But um, <laughs> um yeah, but no, I I, lo I love the the George Pal um, Time Machine movie. Um, So, uh, do you want to want me to read some uh, some user reviews from uh, our good old friends at IMDb? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, let's see here. Okay, here's the first one I'm going to read here, Matt. Okay. I just like the headline that the guy gave. This is a review from Gisliff 
from uh, April 13th, uh, 1999, which is around, um, I'd say, around Easter. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, for for um, our listeners, I got a theory about people watching these kind of movies during holiday. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the... Uh, the the the, ty- the the headline for this uh, review is "Middle of the Road." You're soaking in it. <laughs> um, this movie does fall absolutely dead center in the middle of the road for me. On the one hand, you have decent FX, great model work, some good performances. Maximilian Schell as the Nemo-like bad guy, and Perkins as the obsessed acolyte. A willingness to get down gritty, witness Perkins' on-screen death. Yeah, it wasn't really dirty. Anyways, um, and uh, some nice concepts. On the other hand, you have some bad performance performances. Borgnine and wooden-faced Forster. Um... Unnecessarily anthropomorphized robots, no doubt inspired by Star Wars and Disney's desire to lighten the flick a bit, some sloppy science, and a very slow plot. It's good, but to me, it just balances right at the four to six rating, depending on my mood when I catch it. Five stars. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, yeah. Go ahead. The robots. Well, the robots were humanoid, so that's why they. Uh, I mean, did he not even understand the movie he was watching? I think he was talking about the when he was talking about anthropomorphized. Morphized. I can't ever say that word. Um, robots. He was talking about Bob and Vincent. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. Okay, here's another one. This is from Pliskin4, who I think we've read reviews from before, actually. I'm not sure, though. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's uh, 10 out of 10. A true oh, scientific, a, a true science fiction masterpiece. Um, <laughs> this is from February 24th of 1999. Um, in a day when garbage like Independence Day and Fifth Element are considered good sci-fi, it's refreshing to see renewed interest in the overlooked classic The Black Hole. I have Uh, loved this movie ever since I first saw it in 1979. Is it a Star Wars ripoff? Of course. So what? It is still a classic in every sense of the word. Great performances and a script that is actually thought-provoking. It is not only... It is not only a morality tale, but some first-class adventure. How many sci-fi, sci-fi films today have that? Finally, the visual effects are as stunning today as they were 20 years ago. Now 40 years ago, because this okay. review is... Yeah, that was... Yeah, because this review was wow. written you know, 21 years ago. Um, the shot of the giant meteor rolling down the length of the Cygnus towards our heroes remains one of the greatest FX pieces of all time. I, for one, can't wait for the DVD of this movie to come out. With all of the Star Wars hype going on these days, it's time for this classic to have its day in the sun, too. Uh, 10 out of 10. Okay, well... Uh, was he trying to be wrong about everything in that review? Because he was. Okay, it's not a Star Wars ripoff. The plot has nothing similar to Star Wars. I mean, if the only the only similarity to be in Star Wars is that you're in space, then okay, I guess any movie that's in space is and you, now and you have a like couple Star of, Wars. and you have a couple of androids that are funny. Yeah, but that people were doing that even before Star Wars. So I mean, yeah, exactly. by that logic, Star Wars copied off them. So exactly. You know. 
I don't know. There's a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a Star Wars wannabe. If anything, it kind of rips off like they they uh, one of the reviews that I just read talked about uh, Nemo. It kind of rips off uh, uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Mm. It's it it is very similar, which was made by Disney as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which I haven't seen in years. I should watch that movie. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. it's actually a good classic, um, but it's a very mm-hmm. similar plot, <laughs> except for it takes yeah. place underwater instead of in space. Um, right. <laughs> it's basically Reinhardt is Nemo, um, <laughs> Captain Nemo, not the uh, little fish guy, um, <laughs> from another <laughs> Disney movie. Um, yeah, Disney. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, um, so I, I think that's all I'm going to read here, Matt. Um, any final thoughts here on uh, on this film? Like, would you recommend it to anybody or anything? No, I I, I was thinking about that question last night because I I knew that you were going to ask me it, but um, I don't know. <clears throat> like with Star Crash and stuff, it was like Star Crash was so bad, but it was it was funny because it was so bad. This movie just was kind of boring to me. So I, I, there's really not much. I mean, like, I guess like you could watch it for like, like a sense of history, like of like how movies have like evolved over time. Like, you know, if like, if, if you, if you're like into that kind of thing, like you just want to learn more about, you know, how sci-fi movies have evolved since, you know, over the past 40 years, then, I guess, you know, it would be okay for that, but, like, as far as, like, <clears throat> just watching it for pleasure or even, like, in a group setting, like, I, I don't know, I just wasn't really... Yeah, it's definitely not uh, one of these, uh, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space sort of movies that you can watch with a group and make fun of. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems there's really nothing to make fun of because, because I mean, for one thing, it's a very, very serious movie. I mean, it's, it's there's not a whole lot of humor in it, and... uh. It, you know, it is an interesting story. You know, I kind of, I kind of like that. The whole aspect of like time standing still and, and the, the like the kind of weirdness of it, of like you know, turning his crew into sort of these like zombified robotic humanoids. It's kind of like a almost like a horror type of element to it. Yeah, they've been talking <laughs> for years, and it, there's been a, in like development hell a remake of this that Disney's been trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to see that, like, with a modern twist, like, maybe, you know, like, maybe a horror. I mean, because it, it kind of is like a like a like a haunted house movie in space sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like um, it's kind of more of a horror movie than it than it it kind of portrays itself as it's. Uh, yeah, because I, I think that the story is like really good. I think it just needs tightening up on the script and uh it would be cool to see it with modern effects and different things like that. Um, the uh, I actually liked the movie, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but uh, it is boring. <laughs> I'll give you that. I I think I like what it was going, what it was trying to be, more than what it yeah. actually was. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's interesting. Um. Yeah, I mean, the movie does have a lot of, like, it, it, it's got, like, some Star Wars elements in it. It's got some alien elements in it, which came out that year, 2001 elements. It's got different things. It's, like, it's kind of all over the place, but I do like the story. It's just, a lot of it is just drug-out dialogue, which is kind of boring to modern audiences. At the time, yeah. maybe it would have played better, but it, it did, I mean, people try to call this movie a bomb, but it actually did make like ten million dollars at the box office in in nineteen seventy nine, which is a which is a lot of money back then. So, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Plus, too, this was during the phase of Disney <clears throat> where they weren't doing so well for a while. Yeah, and you know, like there was like a I don't I don't know how many years. I think it was like fifteen or twenty years where Disney was kind of faltering when it came to making movies and then then they made like Little Mermaid and that really was a huge hit. Aladdin yeah. was just even a bigger hit, you know. And, and Beauty and the and Beast just, and 
it just kept Lion coming, King, like Lion King, yeah. Mulan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's when they had their what they call the Renaissance. Um, yeah, yeah, and that kind of saved Disney. I mean, because basically, that that was the point where you had people like uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and um, and uh, other people like that that came in and kind of saved the company. And Michael Eisner was the president when that when that Renaissance all happened. At this point, Ron Miller was still the president of the company. And uh, mm-hmm. who was uh, Walt, Walt's uh, um, son-in-law, and uh, basically the last uh, kind of um, Disney family member to be uh, the head of the company, um, and he uh, he wasn't well received. I mean, he didn't do a great job. He was a nice guy and all, but he didn't do a great mm-hmm. job of running the company, and he kind of mm-hmm. didn't know what he was doing in a lot of ways <laughs> in my in my personal opinion um yeah i've uh i've got this weird ass- obsession with reading the history of the walt disney company so um <laughs> and watching videos and <laughs> listening to podcasts mm-hmm. about it so i know a lot about the history of all the presidents of the company but um <laughs> yeah so you know it's you know ron miller was good at what he did but he wasn't great you know he he was passable but he wasn't but he basically kind of almost killed the company um <laughs> was eventually pushed out of the company too so um by the board um you know yeah look, look up uh there's like uh there's uh uh this guy called rob plays on uh on youtube he's got an interesting little uh um history of the uh Disney uh, company and like different things like that on his channel. A uh, bunch of bunch of really cool Disney videos in general. But uh, he had this one all about how uh, the company almost got went bankrupt and got bought and everything. And it's an interesting little watch if you're into that stuff. Anyways, um, don't know why I'm going off on that tangent, but you know, <laughs> I, I would say I recommend this movie from a historical pro- prospect, like you were saying. And I mean the effect, mm-hmm. the effects in the movie for the time were actually pretty good, I think the but but it is interesting to compare it to a lower budget movie that came out the same year like Alien. I think it would be an interesting right. interesting companion piece to watch this and Alien at the same time, you know, or back to back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, because Alien was a much lower budget movie, but somehow looks bigger budget. <laughs> uh or feels like it or something you know what i mean it feels more like a uh like a like a modern sci-fi movie as opposed to this which feels like a old school disney sci-fi movie which it is well that's probably that's probably what it is then it's just like the different styles because like i mean i haven't seen alien in a long time you know i don't think i've ever actually ever actually seen all of it at once but like I've, i've noticed just by watching it like like the effects like because he got like all that mist and stuff, just yeah. kind of lends this very eerie mm. kind of thing to it. But yeah, but like this movie does feel kind of like you're on like a like a set, like an actual yeah set. I noticed that a lot about about a lot of these old sci-fi movies where it's like the the spaceship literally just looks like a set. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's kind of the difference. Like it's it's almost like watching like a uh, like a like a stage like a stage play or a three camera setup to a sitcom or something as opposed to watching mm-hmm. like law and order or something where it feels like real you know what i mean yeah yeah um the uh i don't know um anyways uh yeah i, I would recommend it just for a historical aspect and maybe watch it with alien afterwards which is kind of interesting now too because both of those movies are now owned by disney <laughs> Disney owns everything. Yes, but yeah, now that they own Fox, they own, they, they they own the Alien franchise. So, um, oh wow, yeah. Uh, the uh, anyways, um, I think that's it for now. Um, make sure you uh, check out our links in our uh, in our uh, description of this. Uh, we've got um, links to uh, buy some merchandise for us. Uh, check out our Patreon. Um, I'm also linking, there's a new, uh, really cool, high quality, um, 
Cullen Park Productions t-shirt you can get from a local Toledo company called uh, Jupe Mode. Um, you can get it for $20. It's really cool. Uh, they have like the best quality shirts out there. Um, and uh, with that, $10 of the uh, purchase goes to help this podcast and film make, and films that we're making with uh, Cullen Park Productions. And another $10 goes to help support a local business and keep them in business during these crazy times. So, uh, do that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. Besides that, anything else, Matt? No, not really. All right. Well, everybody, stay safe. Wash your hands. Keep six feet away. All that good stuff. All that jazz. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.